I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Amit Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms on YouTube. Like, thumbs up. Share the content. It would be muchly appreciated. It's free agency time, people. Hell yeah. We got Christian Coloco in the house. We got Ron Harper Jr. in the house. And now there are still more roster spots to be filled. Um, there's rumors around, I mean, Chris Boucher, Thaddeus Young. Are they going to bring them back? Other players that could be a factor. We just saw now that uh, Mo Bamba is officially going to be reportedly a UFA. Another center. Could they decide to bring someone like him in? But to discuss all of it, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, Raptors uh, HQ, podcaster for Raptors Cage, sir. How are you? How are things? How's life? I'm doing good. Uh, as you mentioned, as a Raptors fan, it's pretty good nowadays because we have Christian Coloco, who, if you just scroll Raptors Twitter, he's expected to be the best second round picks uh, other than Nikola Jokic, right? So I uh, can't, yeah. can't be. Uh, he's supposed to be better, actually. Else. He's supposed to be better, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I love like Raptors <laughs> fans at this point have to be the most spoiled fan base as far as draft picks go because. Like you look at all the late draft picks besides hit on between DeLon, OG, Pascal, even yeah. undrafted Fred, Norm Powell. And now we get a guy at 33 and we're expecting him to start at center year one. I sent out a video of him just taking mid-range jump shots off, off of some pick and rolls. And people are like, oh my God, he's going to be Serge Ibaka. No, he's going to yeah, be better than Serge never Ibaka. done that. No, actually, I'm very happy. Hey, you got to feed the beast. Propaganda is bliss. Okay. It keeps things yeah, going yeah. during yeah, the offseason. Yeah, maybe you should do so. it more. Maybe I should do it more. Maybe I'll send out more videos. I sent out a clip of Ken Birch hitting mid-range jumpers. People love that too. It is what it is. Just feed the beast and let them decide what they want to do with it. That is the nature of being a reporter and also being a fan. Just accept it and decide how you want to take in the information. For the Toronto Raptors, they got 12 players signed. They are approaching this these days as an above the cap team because they got a lot of really talented players and we're going to get to the rest of that in a second. But overall, they got $29 million to play with. And I want to thank Daniel Hackett for outlining this for me because it's very confusing and my small head cannot handle it. But $29 million in room before the tax line to sign Chris Boucher, Thad Young, and someone within the within the middle of exception, biennial exception, things of that nature. $29 million, not that much money, but as we know, Bobby Webster, he's a very intelligent man. His calculator will be in playoff mode going forward. And they're going to have to figure that out because I'm curious how they want to handle this by uh, mid-level exception. There's a lot of different ways they can go about it. How are they approaching this upcoming season? Is it development year 2.0? Are they looking to address some of the needs? We know that they need three-point shooting, guard depth. Are they going to do that? Or they want to make sure that they give other players more of those reps. How is this going to influence Delano Banton, Malachi Flynn? Are they going to be, you know, given the he-ho to some degree, not obviously, but are they going to be in a real battle for minutes with someone that they decide to bring in because this person could be a great three-point shooter? And now, well, this is what the Raptors need. This is person's going to be helping Fred Van Vliet sit on the bench more because you, know, you got Pascal and Scotty handing point guard minutes. So you just need someone who can shoot. 
are those guys going to be in real tough to get actual minutes um, within the with the Raptors? Last season, they shot 34.9% from three. That was 20th in the NBA. So there's a lot of factors to, th- to think about. That's kind of the thing. And uh, I would pay attention to how the Raptors approach this because I think you're going to learn a lot about their intentions for this season and also how long are the contracts that they're adding. That's another big factor. But anyways, anything you got to say to that, uh, Zach? No, I think I think you're right. Like we look at the Raptors maybe three or four years down the road and yeah. everyone's coming off the books and you know they're going to want to bring back Pascal. I think Jake mm-hmm. Fisher uh, maybe reported in his Bleacher Report article that they're looking at an extension with Fred Van Vliet. I assume yeah. they're looking at uh, keeping OG. I don't know. He's in every single trade machine I see. And the same with <laughs> Trent. So, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't expect, and at least I wouldn't hope for um, any long-term contracts to be signed this offseason. Yeah, and so that makes you think that, okay, so we're probably talking a little bit more veteran players coming in because if you bring in some, you know, 23, 24 players, 23-year-old, like Alani Walker, for instance, who we're going to get to in a second, that does mean something for Malachi Flynn and Delano Banton because Alani Walker is here to stay. Like, you add him to your roster, he's going to play. He's going to be a lot of fun. He's going to dunk the ball a lot. He's going to catch lobs. It's going to be really cool, but... What does that mean for some of the other guys? Because Lonnie Walker is not going to be cheap. He could be the entire mid-level exception. And also the Raptors have the option to split that mid-level exception. It could be two players. So maybe do you add like a Bryn Forbes? It could be, you know, 4 million or something like that. We're going to get to some of these names, but just wanted to add that uh, context. So everyone has an idea of how important it is to read between the lines of some of these moves that the Raptors are going to be doing in the very near future. But with that in mind, all right, so let's get to some of the names. Zach and I collaborated on this list. It is guard heavy, but there are some centers towards the end that we're going to get to. Here is the first name, Ricky Rubio. Zach, go ahead. Uh, So Ricky is obviously a guy throughout the majority of his career. Um, I feel like even when he's playing really well, it's still slightly underwhelming. And probably that's because he's not necessarily viewed as a 2022 style point guard. Very much not a shooter. Defensively, he's decent, but he'll play make and he'll create and he'll pass the ball amazingly. And because of that, I think he has a valuable role in a team we saw in Cleveland. He he really helped that team out. He started for a while. And uh, yeah, obviously, we talked about this when creating this list. Uh, The torn ACL is a bit of a, I don't know if you want to call it a question mark or just like a yield sign. Yeah. when a guy who's proceed with caution, yes, proceed with caution. Yeah. Or not 34. <laughs> yeah. 32, I think, uh, yeah. kind of tears his ACL. And, you know, I, I think it's always important to look at, well, does his game necessarily rely on his athleticism? And I wouldn't say Rubio's does. And nowadays torn ACLs aren't as, uh, mm-hmm. as detrimental to a career as they used to be. So overall, I think he's a good option to at least look on the list and say, okay, that's, uh, that's a guy that the Raptors could maybe sign and bring as a backup guard. But I feel like I kind of expect him to go to like a, a mid low team and start for point guard. I don't know. Are you, uh, are you big on a potential Rubio signing? I mean, I think it'd be really good for the Raptors. Like we're all talking about how can we reduce the load on Fred Van Vliet? And even Masai Ujiri said that is one of the goals for this off season, which makes me think that that's why they're going to be using this mid-level exception to guard, uh, to gather in a point guard, a shooting guard, because again, still Pascal and Scotty Barnes are going to play point guard. So they just need someone that's going to be able to come in, play defense is going to be smart in rotations, not going to be a liability. And 
Ricky does fit that. The Cavs are reportedly interested in bringing him back, but you can just see how he would fit so well. Like 34%, um, 36% on pull-up threes this past season. And he was a plus eight when he was on the floor with the Cavaliers when he was playing in you know, 9.1 assists per 36 minutes over his entire career. Like that is a very, very good number. So you could see cases where Ricky's playing 25, 30 minutes and Fred is just chilling because the Raptors have that kind of depth um, on the wing positions and, you know, the center positions as well. So he would be a great fit for the Raptors defensively. Yeah. Maybe he's not the, the guy that they would typically be looking for, but I think he is a pretty good uh, team defender on ball, maybe a little bit of a struggle, but when you have the kind of link that the Raptors have, they could probably mask some of that in some ways. And just like the transition, him, his ability, his ability to find cutters, you're going to see all of that. He knows how to run a team. And he would be a huge, uh, huge benefit to any point guard that the Raptors have, any big, any small forward, Pascal Siakam, he's going to make life easy for him. So he would be a great fit. I just don't know if the Raptors are going to be the team that gets him, which is going to be similar with some of these names, but we at least got to talk about them. Right. And I think you mentioned it perfectly. He's going to be a benefit to the bigs. And more specifically, I look at a guy like Coloco, who I Mm. don't expect to necessarily get huge minutes this year and very well. So like he's literally going to be a a rookie second round pick. I think if we get 10 minutes a game out of him, it's a huge benefit. But having a guy like Rubio on the roster would help a guy like Coloco, who obviously he's not a guy who creates his own shot. You're not just Mm going to give it to him in the post and let him go to work. You see him as a rim runner, a guy who's going to pick and roll, hopefully pick and pop, according to your video. And you need (laughs) a guy like Rubio who can who can hit him in spots where not only he's open, but in spots where he can succeed. Like, I think one of the biggest signs of um, I don't want to say an immature guard, but like a young guard is. They hit their big when they're running down the floor a little too far from the net. And then you're relying on your big to put down a couple dribbles and go up a guy like Rubio or a guy like Lowry, even a guy like Fred won't necessarily put their bigs in positions like that. So yeah, as you mentioned, Rubio is a fantastic option. Just, I don't know if Mm. he would desire just a backup role on the Raptors. And even Ricky could do that in the half court too, that he's going to be able to find players in their stride, whether it be a pick and roll or whether they're cutting to the basket. He's going to do it. Like it's going to be precise on the tape. And uh, that's a quality that's made him one of the best, you know, passing point guards during his time in the NBA. Does it happen? I'm not sure, but this next guy is someone that I would be very, very excited about because I think he would be a terrific fit. Gary Harris, 6'4, 210 pounds, 27 years old, a UFA. And uh, there was rumors around him and we, maybe I was the one spreading the rumors, but there was rumors around his <laughs> him potentially being a fit. Um, at, for the Raptors at the trade deadline. Obviously, that did not work out, but he's a UFA now. There will certainly be interested in uh, in his services, and he definitely had a strong end to the season after a little bit of a rocky time in, in uh, Orlando. Right, and I mean, a rocky past couple of years due to injury. I remember, oh, what year was it? It was back in his Denver days when if yeah. you didn't have him on like your top 10 shooting guard list, everyone regarded you as just like not knowing basketball at all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was pretty close. Like he was close to a 10th, 11th, 12th best shooting guard in the league, or at least yeah. he was getting to that range. And he's a good scorer. I think he is um, a guy who's going to be able to create his own shot. Obviously not the playmaker for others that a guy like Rubio would be. But when yeah. you're just talking about taking off the load of Fred, if we can get another guy who can just create offense, it would be amazing because I think we have a couple really good, you know, quote unquote point guards. Um, and mm. I put air quotes over that because you have guys like Scotty, 
uh, and Pascal who can play, you know, point guard, but they wouldn't be necessarily labeled as point guards. Uh, so Gary Harris as a scorer off the bench. I think this is where not like I'm not saying Gary exactly, but this is where they need to go with this selection. It's just a guy who can create his own shot and score and give the bench just a real solid yeah. scoring option, really. And defensively, too. I'll give him some credit for his screen navigation. Um, that is an underrated quality when it comes to how do you make like an ideal defense. The Raptors have all the long, rangy wings that they need, but screen navigating is typically done by guards. That's why a lot of these players exist in the NBA. We forget about that with the Raptors, how they do their system. But uh, that's the benefit of having like a Fred or a Gary or a Gary, uh, Gary Harris, because they are able to navigate angles in ways that bigger players just can't because simply they're smaller. Their, their wingspan is smaller. Everything's smaller. And so they're a little bit quicker. They can get through small spaces a little bit faster than some of the bigger guys. And when you have that, um, it's a huge asset and at six, four, 210 pounds. Like he can guard up a little bit too, because he's really, really intense. I mentioned Gary Trent jr. Just a second ago, very similar with Gary Harris, that if a guy is six, 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 seven, he is going to battle in the post because as we know, in this day and age in the NBA, it's all about finding, you know, your mismatches and so forth. And if a team thinks that Gary Harris is a mismatch and they try and post up a six, seven guy, it's probably not going to go that well because he does battle quite a bit. He's got great hands. He's average around one. 0.5 steals uh, per game ish uh, over his uh, NBA career. And offensively, the catch and shoot percentage 42%, 38% from three last season. You mentioned some of the struggles. A lot of players do struggle in Orlando. That's where a lot of players go to die over the past few years. Things are turning up, which is good for them. But over the past few years, has not been great. But you can see his ability to be a primary ball handler, to get to the basket, to hit mid-range shots, to hit uh, shots off the dribble. It's all there for Gary Harris, and he would be a really, really nice complimentary piece who can work with the ball or without the ball. Big fan. Right, and and I don't think Orlando's necessarily uh, going to feel the need to bring him back because they're going young, and they're going yeah. young especially at guards with guys like Suggs. Anthony Fultz, even have uh, a Wagner who's not necessarily a guard, but he can play like a guard and create offense. So, and even a guy like Paulo, like you're going to want to put the ball in his hands and let him create because he's a good passer. So, yeah, I, I don't necessarily see a fit for him there. As far as Toronto goes, yeah, I think uh, a good score off the bench. And as you mentioned, the the ability to guard up a position is something that Masai and Bobby and Nurse, and I'm sure every coach, but especially, you know, the Toronto Raptors regime, yeah. that's something they really value. Yeah. And, and when you can, when you're shortest guy in the court is six four, like what what more Raptors e can you get than that? Exactly. I just don't think they're going to bring in a person who's like 23 years old, unless it's someone that they really, really like. Because again, they understand the importance of giving the players that they're investing in reps. Yeah. And if you yeah. bring in someone who's 23, 24, they are still emerging in their NBA careers, and that is going to mean like bad things for players who are currently on the roster. So Gary Harris, I think he'd be a great, great, a great complimentary piece and he would accept his role, which is very important. Malik Monk, on the other hand, is someone that will not accept his role because he's too damn good at offense. He wants more <laughs> defensively. I don't know, but offensively he is dynamite. I enjoyed seeing him resurrect his NBA career this past season with LA. Yeah, it's funny when you when you were talking about Toronto's not going to bring in a guy who's 23, 24, unless they really like him. I thought that was just going to be your way to transition into Monk um, because he's a guy. Yeah, he's entering his age 24 NBA season. He yeah. he's been I don't want to say a bit of a disappointment, but 
as a guy who came out of college as, yeah, this guy's going to be able to score the ball. He hasn't necessarily proven mm-hmm. that until this year with the Lakers. I mean, even if you look at his points per game, like it started at six in his rookie year and it's climbed increasingly every year. And he averaged almost 14 points per game last year. You look mm-hmm. at even his field goal percentage, like it's slowly climbed each year. So he has slowly found his way in this league, which I don't think it's abnormal. I think we're seeing so many young guys enter the league, just ready NBA ready bodies, even Scotty Barnes, for example, it's not, or it used to not be normal for a rookie, even if you were a top five pick to enter the league and just really assert yourself and dominate mm-hmm. the game. Like a guy like Scotty sure. was able to do. And Monk wasn't able to do that until, you know, it's coming up and last year with the Lakers, I guess there was that report with Jake Fisher that he may be willing to take a discount to stay in LA, but I don't even know, like, Toronto's not competing with many teams as far as cap space. Like it's just going to be, who does a guy want to go to? Cause I think there's only like five yeah. teams with cap space. And I would think they want to go somewhere else. That's where I kind of end this is that I think he would desire to be in a different market. And if he decides to be a Toronto Raptor, that'd be really cool. I mean, we know that the Raptors development system has been emerging over the years. And if the Raptors are taking a chance on you, that means that they really see something offensively. I mean, the Lakers were uh, had a 115 um, offensive rating when he was on the court, 105 when he was off of it. So he adds a lot there. He's a bucket getter. He's a high flyer. He was running a lot of inverted pick and rolls with LeBron James, and that was actually working. And inverted pick and rolls, guess what? The Raptors like doing that too. That is something that they like to do with Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. And uh, yeah. you could run a little bit, a little bit of that with Malik Monk, and that would be an interesting thing to see. I just don't see, I have trouble seeing him being a fit defensively. And because, I mean, the reason why at 24 years old, he was kind of falling out of the league. I mean, why does that happen? Is because usually teams don't like your habits. You know, that's why like a player like Nick Young sometimes gets fizzled out or other players with, you know, the offensive talent, but not exactly the basketball pedigree where you feel like they're going to be a huge part of your team um, when you want to win a championship. Malik Monk has to probably make a little switch there with some of his mentality and how he approaches the game. But offensively, he is dynamite, twitchy guard, shaking and baking, beating bigs, getting to the basket, high flying, finishing through contact, very crafty around the basket. Very, very talented scorer. Another person, I keep on, feel like we keep on saying people that we don't think are going to be Raptors, but I don't think he'll be a Raptor. (laughs) I just don't see if that's going to work out, but yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, at max, only one of these guys is going to be. So, I mean, it's not unrealistic to say, I don't think he's going to be. And yeah, we've seen time and time again with the Raptors, it's offense is cool and we'll develop your offense, but we need you to come in and buy in defensively. And that's first and foremost. But then at what point do you decide that, you know what? we have enough of these guys now we need someone who's going to come off the bench and just be a microwave scorer, just get buckets and roll out after 15 minutes. Like at what point do you get to that point? Because it would help the Raptors ceiling because they're so close to being so, so good. It's just like these five, 10 minute stretches of the game where, you know, their starters go off the court or Fred goes off the court or they don't have like the backup point guard ability to run their team. And they just need someone who's going to be able to get the ball in the hoop or at least orchestrate offense so other players can get a ball in the hoop. When do they make that switch? Right, and I think that's the type of move they make when they truly believe that is their last step to a championship. And I yeah. I don't personally believe that's it yet. We saw what they did, you know, trying to bring in Lou Williams as just that microwave off the bench because they thought, yeah, maybe he's that last, that, uh, that last piece we need. And then I'm pretty sure that's the year we got swept by Washington. So clearly wasn't. Ooh. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. This front office is so interesting because it's like, when are yeah. we going to get a big, you know, there's rumors around Aiton, Gobert, drafting Coloco. So it seems like they're very content with uh, just riding the wave until they really feel like they're ready to just within a snap, be mm-hmm. ready to compete for a championship. And that's what opened the podcast talking about is we have to pay very close attention to the moves that the Raptors make because it's going to enlighten us on their their the way in which they're evaluating this this Raptors roster this season and when they think their contention window is opening and how long it is and all that kind of stuff. Let's stick in ATL. Yeah, Delon Wright, former Raptor who's been a journeyman since being traded to the Memphis Grizzlies in that Marcus All trade. He's gone to Dallas, Detroit, Sacramento, and last season he was in Atlanta. Wow. He was coming <laughs> off of a he's coming off a three year twenty eight million dollar deal. The price I would imagine would be a little bit south of that. So now we are talking someone in the mid level exception. So look at that. You got a strong perimeter, six five can guard up can guard down um he's a point guard's point guard he refuses to shoot but he's a good decision maker his three-point percentage has improved throughout his nba career what do you think zach belong right i honestly really like him he's one of my favorite options uh we heard blake murphy on sportsnet kind of say that he doesn't expect Delon to have any interest in coming back because I guess he wasn't happy with getting traded away, uh, which mm-hmm. I guess is understandable. But Delon would not only be a guy who, you know, fits defensively, can handle the ball, can play off Fred, uh, can play off Pascal, has experience playing yeah. off those guys. Like we know the bench mob was one of the most lethal lineups that we've seen as far as like a, a bench lineup, you know, reserve lineup goes. And he has experience playing with Fred and Pascal on that. And I know OG wasn't technically on the bench mob, but he yeah. would still have that same sort of chemistry. So I like him. He, we saw his shooting improve towards the end of his uh, career in Toronto. I think he shot like 36% from three off lower volume on his final year in sure. Toronto. But yeah, uh, once again, a guy who's, who's big, he's like six, five, six, six guard, and defends well it's such a toronto guy and that's probably why they drafted him in the first place um but yeah i don't know if he'll return because i guess if he's unhappy with getting traded then i don't see why he'd come back one conversation with messiah jerry would probably change that i would think i remember when it was coming up like would jonas valanciunas and and uh, delon wright get a ring for their service when the raptors won a championship and i remember delon wright commented on ig post saying nah i don't want it or something like that with an lol because he was just being a little bit jokey but that kind of does uh, give us an idea of perhaps that's how he feels about the the toronto raptors organization but he did have 3.8 deflections per game last season and deflections are a yeah. huge part of the raptors defense they want uh, active hands and he gets in those passing lanes he learned a lot of that stuff while he was in Toronto <laughs> funny enough do you think you'd uh do you think you'd want to ring if you got traded midway through a season because I don't no, I know would. if I would no I, I don't I think I, I, I don't think I would care you can you can take it back sir I don't need the receipt you can take it back I don't want it I'm good I'm going to win it in my my own way the true way um there you it go seemed, it's like a secondhand ring Se- secondhand ring Right. And I think there's enough players in the NBA who criticize other players who win championships when they're like the 15th guy and saying, oh, I finally made it. You're like, you didn't make it. You didn't do anything. You just sat on the bench. There's enough of those people who are already out there, um, other players, fans. And I think DeLon Wright is kind of that's his mentality, too. He's like, unless I'm a big part of a a franchise, um, I don't want the ring that they win. That's my approach to it. You you want it? Yeah. 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 No, I. uh... I feel like I would just look kind of unfulfilled every time I look at it. Like I'd be like, I don't like I have this ring physically, but I really I didn't earn this. It's Even a participation if I played medal. Out the season with the team, right? <laughs> like it's yeah. 
it's just yeah i don't know i would have no interest in it i mean maybe mm-hmm. when you're like old and like really old and it's just be cool yeah. to have there but even then like it just it'd be such an unfulfilling feeling i agree i agree i wouldn't want that thing either okay Bryn Forbes. How about that's another name? Um, a great shooter, a very, I mean, instant offense as soon as he comes into game. 17 minutes last season, got eight, 8.6 points per game. He shot 41% from three. He gets his shot off very, 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 very fast. Bryn Forbes, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, I feel like the only positive things, and this isn't anything against Bryn Forbes. I'm not just going to yeah. turn this into a Bryn Forbes bash, but the only real positive thing you can say about him is about his shot because he's yeah. a fantastic shooter, uh, quick release, shoots at a high percentage. Like he's been over 40% from three for the majority of his career. Small guy, and the Raptors don't really like undersized guards unless they are strong like an ox and they can guard as if they aren't undersized mm-hmm. and Bryn Forbes even struggles to guard other undersized guards. So yeah, it just doesn't seem like a Raptors fit at all. I understand why he's on the list because he's a guy who will probably go for the Emily or less likely less. Um, he provides shooting, which as you mentioned at the start of the pod, the Raptors desperately need, yeah. but I just, I don't think he would be a positive on the floor, even if he's shooting the absolute lights out. Which is crazy because you would think that if he's shooting the lights that, that he would be a positive on the court. But honestly, I, I think you're probably right. And that's why he's struggled a little bit to find a home in the NBA. Look, he's got a, a really intriguing offensive game. Like even when it comes to attacking closeouts, he's got a floater. He can finish around the basket. He gets in the paint. He can touch it in there and he can finish a little bit. It's just, it's the defense and his inability to be like a consistent performer on that end. It's going to drive a lot of fans crazy. It, uh, that's probably why San Antonio isn't looking to bring him back either is, uh, it's just not a, a fit brought him back twice. Actually, they, they had him earlier on and then they brought him back again and then Denver had him and, uh, they also didn't want to sit with him either. <laughs> so maybe they will look to bring him back again, actually. Yeah. Maybe that's his pattern, right? They he seem to love him. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the thing is Toronto knows at this point they have a roster that can make it through the regular season. And mm-hmm. Bryn Forbes is the type of guy who throughout the course of 82 games, he may even play a crucial part in winning you a few of those games because of how well he shoots off the bench. But I think Toronto feels confident enough that they know with a guard, they have to sign a guy who's going to help them in the playoffs. And that's where I think Bryn Forbes' defensive deficiencies are very recognized. Yeah, unfortunately. No to Bryn. No Bryn. How about <laughs> this is a very intriguing name, and I put him in the same vein as, I guess, Ricky Rubio, uh, a guy that would be amazing and would be a, probably a really good fit and be a positive player, but he might be a little bit too in demand. Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it'd be so I was cool. GM, it would be so cool. It would be. Well, I remember back when he was actually like before all his injuries at the all-star level in Indiana, Raptors fans were trying to trade for him for the entire season. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, if I was a GM, I wouldn't be in hot pursuit of him, especially in the situation I am in Toronto. Like once again, maybe if I looked at our roster and said, okay, a scoring guard is all we need to win a championship. Maybe I'll take a flyer on this guy because he's still not even a sure product. Like he, I guess Mm. I know people wanted to go crazy over some of his performances in the playoffs in Miami. And it's not like he was bad, but I think it was more of a thing. Look, this guy's played 96 games in the past four years. Like he's basically played one, Mm. you know, second round exit season in the past four years. So maybe it's a bit of, wow, this guy 
has gone through so many injuries. Look at him. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Not as much a, wow, this guy's really good. I want him on my team. And it looks like he kind of wants a, a situation where he can just go be the man, maybe take a one-year prove-it deal, and hopefully he can prove it. I would love for him to prove me wrong because he's actually such a great guy it seems yeah. he was yeah. a great player in his prime so i would love for him to prove me wrong i'm just not too hot on him oh interesting i'm on the other side of the fence with this one i think he'd be a really really great fit um but i do think this is a move that the raptors probably make next off season that's kind of mm. where I'm, I'm at with it is i don't think they're looking at this year as a championship window year i think they have a, a lot of right. salary managing to to figure out but the fit itself i think he'd be terrific i mean i think he's a great one-on-one defender i think he's got really active hands i think he's a great team defender he showed that in that miami uh playoff run with uh, his performances against the boston celtics where he was like a real difference maker when he got on the court he's not as noticeable but he does a lot of the small things very well which i think nick nurse really appreciates and then offensively look he's not the same guy he was you can see in his game like you look at his shot chart a lot of it does skew towards jump shots but he has a step back he can operate and pick and roll he can get to the basket he can finish through contact he can you know hit pull up shots he can shoot off the catch he's a willing passer he can still accelerate to the rim at least a little bit it may not be in the same way that we're used to seeing victor Oladipo, but it's still very very good he's got that scoring ability that i think the raptors really really need however I don't think this is the year for it, but I mean, at one point in his career, he was a 25 and five, well, close to 25 and five player. And I don't think that IQ that those basketball instincts are, are gone yet. And seeing the role that he had with Miami, you can, you can see how he'd be a plus player on your, on your basketball team in the playoffs. When again, it becomes so much about mismatches and who can you expose? I don't think he would get exposed necessarily. However, I see the other side of it too, though, because you could look at him and saying, oh, at least he's on the court. Look what things that he's doing. Look how amazing Victor Oladipo is. Look, he's like 75% of his usual self. Maybe it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Yeah, and I think hypothetically, fantastic fit. And at his peak, if he can get back to, I'm obviously not expecting him to get back to his peak, yeah. but if he can get back to being a really effective scorer, great fit. And I'm glad to admit that I'm wrong. But as you said before with Rubio, uh, you're kind of, you know, sketched out on like a 32 year old with an ACL. Mm. I'm sketched out on a 30 year old with multiple lower body injuries over the course of many years in a row. Yeah, it's fair. 41.7% from three this past season, 12.4 points yeah. on 48% shooting. It's not bad. It's not bad, but you're right though. I mean, it feels like we're kind of a moments away from being, Oh no, this happened to Victor Oladipo. He's missed some paydays. That's for sure. 
he could have been a very, very wealthy man if things went a little bit differently for him. I, I feel for him in, from that respect. But still a very valuable player, um, rotation player for sure. And is he a Raptor? I'm curious how much money he gets and also where he goes because seemingly Miami is not going to be bringing him back. And so now what is the market for Victor Oladipo? Maybe it's Washington. I can see that. Okay. So how about we go to – who should we go to? We're rounding out the guards portion of this in a second. Amir Coffey. Amir Coffey. So he is a restricted free agent now because the Clippers did extend him a qualifying offer of $2.1 million. So he would have to be signed through some sort of offer sheet. And do the Clippers decide to match it? Maybe. They are certainly in a bit of a tax sell or salary cap hell because they got to make a decision probably between Nick Batum and Amir Coffey. Or I don't know what they're going to do, actually, because they got a lot of salary and they just don't have enough positions for all that salary. So what are your thoughts on uh, Amir Coffey? Yeah, to me, this is a Raptors guy. And I'm not saying a Raptors mm-hmm. guy in the sense of this is who they're for sure going after this offseason. Just his sort of build. Like, he stands at 6'7". He can handle the ball. He can play well defensively. Um, he honestly can shoot the ball decently well. He hasn't gotten many opportunities in L.A. Yeah. Obviously, they've been a very competitive team since he's been there. And then last year, it was kind of like a, I don't want to say a crap show, but just, you know, no Paul George for the majority of the year, no Kawhi Leonard all year. It was mm. just kind of here. Let's give the young guys a chance to play. And sure. they they played well, and including him. And I mean, yeah. like nine points a game off you know, 37% from three and 45 from Mm. the field. They're solid numbers. It's the type of guy that Toronto looks at and says, we can bring him in and we trust our development system here. Cause at 24, he's only what a couple years older than I guess Coloco himself. So he still has lots of room to grow. And we know that Toronto is one of, if not the best development system Mm. in the league. So I actually like him. He's obviously not a guy or I shouldn't say obviously, but I don't think he's a guy that you would sign this year and say, okay, he's going to be a big contributor off the bench. I think you sign this year and you hope he's a big contributor off the bench, but you look at him more as we're keeping this guy as a young guy that we're going to develop. And hopefully he turns into one of our core pieces. And if you're offer shooting him, that does actually mean that you probably think he is going to be something more than just, you know, a guy, someone who's part of the fold. You think that he's actually going to be something. Um, It's funny that the Raptors actually worked him out in 2019 when he went undrafted. And they decided to go a, a different route. But uh, since then, I mean, he's steadily increased his NBA value. And I think now he's probably, there's a strong chance he gets opportunity. I'll put it that way. Very strong chance. Yeah. Six, seven, like you said, guy can operate in the pick and roll. He's a good passer. He's a lefty. I love seeing lefties shoot. It looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks very pretty, doesn't it? That adds two mil to the payroll. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, Three, it's rare enough four. that it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and he's got some spot-up shooting ability. I don't think he's going to be a ball stopper. I'll put it that way. I think he's going to understand his role in the offense. He's going to accept it. He's not going to put the offense in a, in a, in a bad spot with some of his decision-making. I think he's a really smart player. And he learned a lot from his years in the in Clippers uh, nation with Ty Lue. Ty Lue doesn't uh, take a lot of you-know-what you from his players. He's going to demand excellence from them. And I think he's really rose into the, risen to the occasion while being a LA Clipper, I just don't know if he's going to be in the market for the Toronto Raptors because I think, I think he's going to get offered. I'll put it that way. Someone's going to. Yeah, and I, I think I think the Clippers will be willing to match unless obviously some team seems some yeah. crazy potential in him and gives him mm. you know fifteen plus mil, which I don't think is going to happen. But yeah, I think he'll return. Man, their uh, their roster looks really interesting, doesn't it? Uh, now with John Wall, Inter- interesting is a good word. Interesting is yeah. a good word. I don't know if it looks great. I don't know if it looks. That's not going to work. It's just interesting. 
betting on John Wall, who haven't hasn't played an NBA game in how many years? Couple, two years, something like that. Really, like realistically, it's a uh, it's a wild card. <laughs> yeah, I saw someone tweet, and I don't know how factual this is, and obviously this means that he's played games they just haven't been meaningful. But someone said he hasn't played a meaningful basketball game since Obama was in office. Hmm. I see that, that literally <laughs> may be true. And that is crazy. Yeah. He's played 20 games. Sorry, 40 games since the 2018, 19 season. Crazy. I'll repeat that. He's played 40 games since the 2018, 19 season. He was injured for one. Then he sat out last season, but they're banking on him. Yeah. Maybe, uh, well, maybe he's impressed them. Yeah. And we talk about a guy, I, I forget who I mentioned this for. Maybe I think it was Rubio of, you know, lower body injuries. You look at was athleticism, a big part of their game. Well, John wall, it was the yeah. entirety of his game. I'm not saying he wasn't good, but he was so good because he could blow past and jump over anyone. Mm. What did he do in those uh, games that he had in 2020, 2021, 20.6 points, 6.9 assists, one steal, almost a block. Yeah, he shot uh, 40% from the field, which is pretty typical for John, and 31% from three. I would hope that, you know, since he stopped playing basketball because he was sitting out, that he improved his three-point shot. I hope, for his sake. Because if he didn't, then, like, what have you been doing? What oh, have yeah. you been form, doing? Form, <laughs> form shooting. Form shooting. Strict, strictly form shooting. Jeez Louise. Okay. So let's move on to a very fun one that I mentioned earlier. Lonnie Walker. Love it. We all do, but why? But why? <laughs> I think a lot of teams love it. Um, I think you mentioned yeah. in the intro, a guy who's going to have a lot of highlight plays, great athlete. He's going to dunk on people. Um, solid on the defensive end. He's a guy who's 6'4 as a guard. Um, mm-hmm. He would be the type of guy who would be your quote-unquote microwave scorer off the bench. Obviously, he's not just recognized as, oh yeah, this is just an elite scoring option. He's going to yeah. do it in different ways. He's going to blow past guys. He's going to be more of a secondary creator, which I don't know if that's what Toronto wants, but as I mentioned before, you know, Scotty, Pascal, Fred, it's not hard to have at least yeah. one of those guys on the floor at all times. Sure. And uh, as Lonnie, a guy who can attack closeouts, I think he can shoot. Okay. We haven't seen a ton of him. Like he got up to five, three point attempts per game last year. And uh, mm. he shot 31%. So that's, kind of okay it's enough to keep a defense honest yeah but uh i like him because once again another guy who's 24 you know you come into a toronto raptors development system that's developed guys time and time again and who knows what they could make of him but it's a guy who i don't know if he signs with the mid-level exception if he would sign a super long-term deal and then if he really proved himself in toronto he would be out of there for more money after the two years so don't know yeah, how yeah. worth it it is <laughs> but uh yeah i like the idea of him a lot the idea is awesome the idea is perfect because you can just see how, I mean, the shots that he was getting in San Antonio, he shot 31% from three last year, which is a bit of a dip for him, but the shots he would get in Toronto would be very, very clean because of the gravity of Scotty and their ball movement. And Pascal Siakam obviously is one of a terrific passer at his size. He gets open shooters all the time. He finds them. And uh, that's why he had a lot of games where he's getting triple doubles because he knows how to find dudes in the corners. And I think he would be able to benefit from all of that. And then when it comes to just like, you know, getting the ball and then accelerating to the bucket, holy smokes, it is ridiculous. His vertical is 40 inches, 40 inch vert. At least uh, that's what it was on on draft day. Insanity. He's got that pop and the Raptors really need more players who can just touch the paint, just get in the paint. And I think they have some guys who can do it. 
um, but not everyone who can do it in the same way that Lonnie can when it comes to just like you know, the acceleration, the dribbling, the comfort in the paint, the driving, like only needing one dribble to get to the bucket. They don't have guys who can do that. It would probably be like Pascal, and then there's a huge dip down afterwards. And Lonnie would instantly become the second tier of that. Oh, yeah. And if you have a guy like him cutting with uh, what went on, like Pascal or Scotty mm. or Precious, even OG have the ball at the high post, it uh, yeah. it creates just for some crazy like offense. I mean, that's why the Warriors are so deadly is because they have guys cutting and screening and off-ball movement at all times. So, yeah, I uh, I would like him. I don't know if it necessarily works, but um, mm. I've said that about a few things that Masai has proved me wrong on before. <laughs> we will never claim to be smarter than Masai Ujiri or Bobby Webster. Or never, like never. That's never. why when they yeah. drafted Suggs, I was so high on Suggs, partially because I'm a Gonzaga fan, but partially because he looked really good. I mean, yeah. everyone had him fourth. The second they drafted Scotty, I said, no, I'm happy with this. I trust this because yeah. Masai and Bobby and the rest of this front office know way more about basketball than me. And I'm mm. just going to trust that. And look at that. Like, look, look what we got. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Rookie of the year. There should be a sophomore of the year award. I, I still maintain that. I've said it for a long time. There should be a sophomore of the year because I think it's interesting to, to show the growth of players from, from year one to year two. We have most improved, so why not have a sophomore mm. of the year? That's actually interesting. I've never thought of that. And we hear so often, you can't give most improved to a second-year player because they're supposed to improve. So, yeah, why not just give an award exactly. to whether, it, whether, it's, whether it's the best sophomore or it's the most improved sophomore. I yeah. think either would be pretty interesting. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. These next two names are really low-key ones, and I would put this in the category of, okay, so the Raptors are still really invested in the players that they have, but they just need want to add a little bit more, a little more spice, a little more guard depth, a little more this, a little more that, and I would put these two names in there. So the first name that you came up with is Javon Carter. Yeah, I mean, a guy who he's a guy who's going to go for probably less than the mid level. Mm -hmm. um, he's not a guy who's necessarily going to create offense. I think uh, it was kind of funny. I was listening to Willow and Blake Murphy, and I forget what they referred to him exactly as, but it was somewhere along the lines of a, a Walmart Fred Van Vliet. And I guess it's kind of true. He doesn't have the same offensive creation, but just a short bulldog defender. And uh, I think he's worth picking up as he'll help you. <laughs> he'll help raise your floor, but I don't know if he'll help raise your ceiling. Walmart's expensive these days. I don't know if anyone else is yeah. feeling that, but I think it's more expensive. Yeah, should we it's say like, dollar store? Buy, yeah, dollar store, buyway. Even dollar stores exist? have jumped up to like Does $4 dollar stores. Did you hear that Dollarama is going to start selling items for around $5? Now they're expensive. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't hear that, but I've recognized as I go into dollar stores and Dollaramas, it's like creeping up to $2.50, $3.99. So yeah, like, what are you buying for $5 there? I don't know. I don't know because nothing is worth five dollars. <laughs> Jeez, uh, they're screwing us, man. They're screwing us, Zach. What are they doing? What's happening? Inflation. Here? Inflation. Shout inflation. Yeah. Shout out inflation. Yeah. Inflated. I don't even know enough everything. about inflation to talk about it. Ah, uh, just everything costs more money because of other things that cost more money. There, there you go. Inflation in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's a Javon Carter story. Uh, I I like him in to the extent of. I think he's going to do his job. I think he's going to hit open shots. I think he's going to you know, be a positive player when he's on the court. I think he's going to fight through screens. I think he's going to pick up guys at full court. I think he's going to make uh, life hell for some players on the other end. And I think he would be a great locker room presence. 
And again, if this is a move that the Raptors make, then you're just like, okay, so they really do want to give all the reps to the players that they already have in house. That would be what it means. And that's why you have to pay attention to what the Raptors are doing. The next name I had here is Ben McLemore. Okay. So mind you, a couple of years ago, the Raptors were going to sign him to a 10 day contract and it got axed for some like contractual weird reasons, but all that to say is that there's been some interest there. He had uh, 10 points per game last season, 36% from three. Again, it's not a very sexy move. There's no sexiness to this. But he could potentially fill a bit of a role and he'd be able to offer some shooting. And he wouldn't exactly be like the release valve that you would want um, for a Fred, but he could come in and I don't think he's going to necessarily hurt you. He'll play like, you know, five, 10 minutes and that'll be it. So what is there to say about this? I'm not really sure. I, I, it's just a name that came to mind. Yeah, I feel I feel kind of awkward referring to things as sexy, but I would describe this whole entire offseason as not sexy. And maybe it's also because like I talked about Raptors fans being spoiled with draft picks. Well, yeah. NBA fans as a whole are spoiled with off seasons <laughs> because it seems like every offseason we have a crazy story and it looks like it or it looked yeah. like we were prepared to have another one <laughs> until Kyrie decided to be a person for tomorrow or whatever that quote was. I don't know. It like it maybe it, it it describes him as a person, but it just didn't make sense in that context. I don't know. No, um, <laughs> but Ben McLemore, I think he's like the definition of a flyer on a microwave score. If that makes sense off the bench, like what's he going to do? He's going to come in. He's going to shoot fairly well. Um, honestly, I don't even remember much of him last year. I know he he used to be a yeah. great athlete. I'm sure he's still somewhat athletic. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a guy you're taking a flyer on because we haven't seen a ton of him. He had he had like a really good year in Houston. I shouldn't say really good, but just like productive uh, kind of like half year or quarter of a year, whatever, on Houston when he got brought in yeah. uh, during uh, the James Harden experiment, I think it was, or the, I guess the very end of it. So I don't know. I uh, It's worth throwing in there just because, as you mentioned, it's like, what do the Raptors even do? There's no obvious answer. Um, there's no sexy answer. So <laughs> See, you maybe said Malcolm it. Moore is Embrace it. it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I, I can't do it. It's such a weird word to me when describing like basketball and basketball players and stuff. We're talking the move. So we're the move, the okay. transaction is then it's not sexy. weird. Not, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you're yeah, not saying the player is sexy. Then it's not weird to me. The transaction is not very sexy. Sexy. Just saying the word sexy to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Anyways, they yeah, ended the season. He ended the season last. <laughs> he ended the season last year. And he had a lot of playing time, and he shot a really good percentage from three. And I just think that's it's a low key move where you you bring in a player that's gonna help you. He's gonna be a good three point shooter. And uh, again, there really isn't much to it after that. I don't think he's gonna hurt you. He's gonna be serviceable in his minutes. I'll put it that way. And uh, if that were to happen, then I think a lot of people would be like, want want. But that could be the move that we're going to be getting from this offseason. It's going to be want, want moves. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how we went through that entire list. And I really didn't get like overly excited about anyone. And it's not going to be the year for it. I mean, again, like you said, Messiah is smarter than all of us. They every person in the front office is smarter than us. So maybe they do just, you know, they, you know, get a flyer on something. They get an idea. A little birdie tells them that so-and-so players available. Then all of a sudden they make a big move because that is the nature of the NBA. I'm just not sure if this is the season for it. Yeah. And I think the only guard I would get excited about uh, is a guy who we didn't touch on. That's probably because he's going to go for more than the middle level. And that's Tyus Jones. Um, yeah. I would expect Memphis to want to bring him back because they traded Melton to Philly. Mm. 
And that was always the kind of thing is you have Melton and you have Tyus Jones, two solid backup point guards. Um, probably only worth keeping one. And I guess they chose. Um, yeah. I'm assuming they're going to choose Tyus. If not, I think he'll go for more than the, the MLE. Sure. And there are a few other names that we didn't mention. Like there's Otto Porter Jr. who could be interesting. Nick Batum could be interesting. Uh, Tyus Jones, is, again, um, that's another name that would be really interesting. I just don't think they're going to be players that would end up on the Toronto Raptors. Even some of the names that are yeah. said here are people that I don't think are going to end up on the Toronto Raptors. So we're trying to be realistic with the people we propose to you. There's no point talking yeah. about, you know, 10 for 10 minutes on one player saying, and then he's not going to be a Toronto Raptor. There's no point. But uh, yeah, let's move on to the centers. And this is an interesting one because I think we have to think about how are the Raptors evaluating Christian Coloco? Do they really think he's going to be a person who can provide five to 10 minutes this season? How much is he going to spend in the 905? Um, how important is that to, to him? How important is that to the Raptors? Like he's obviously going to get better reps with, with the 905 than with the, the Raptors because there's just different needs, different playing time available, all that. He could be the journeyman like uh, Delano Banton. Delano Banton had his moments during with the season. Um, he had moments where he played, you know, 20 minutes. He had moments where he played five seconds, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. It was everywhere for Delano. And Rookies think- have such a short lease with nurse. It's it's really true. And he could and Coloco could be in that role where he's just playing he's playing every single day, but it's not always with the same Toronto team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so if that were to happen, then you could say that maybe there is a need to bring in some sort of center at that mid-level exception because you want to use them as a bridge while Coloco readies himself. And then maybe it depending on who it is, like we mentioned Mo Bamba earlier, maybe you decide that if you do get Mo. Now you're making a decision between Coloco and Mo Bamba. Who do you want to proceed with? That could be a very real, real reality. But the other names that we yeah. had here for centers, Nick Claxton, Isaiah Hartenstein, Deval McGee is a, someone that I thought about as a minimum guy that, uh, that again, will just be a bridge for you. Um, and then Mo Bamba. Is there anyone there you want to you wanna dish about? Go ahead. Yeah, you just uh, forgot DeAndre Aiden. Oh, yes. Right. DeAndre Aiden and Rudy Gobert. <laughs> forgot about them. Both I don't even want to think about these fake hypothetical trades, even if Jake Fisher reported that Toronto is still interested. Um, honestly, all these centers are very interesting. I love Nick yeah. Claxton. I would expect him to return to Brooklyn because they really need him. Uh, sure. That's a guy who it would definitely be a sexy move. Uh, Isaiah Hardenstein, I like as well. He was Hardenstein was very productive last year. Like I think as a drop coverage center, um, mm. I think he's really good. And I think he can honestly shoot a bit like, I think mid range is stretching it out to three. I don't know, um, but I like him as a player. I honestly, I had him on my fantasy team, and he was a very productive, strong rebounder, tall guy, good defender. Uh, yeah. Overall, overall, I liked him a lot. Claxton's the best player here, but I just mm. don't see it. And he's like so young; he's twenty four. Like I just can't see Brooklyn letting him go. Um, and I don't know how worth it grabbing a center is unless you're trading Birch in some sort of deal, because as yeah. you mentioned, you have Achua and Birch who are quote-unquote established guys on the team and then any sort of other minutes you're going to want to give to Coloco to develop I would assume so bringing it on a fourth center I don't really know where it sits but it's Mm. worth talking about because they're probably more likely to bring in a center over a forward because we already have 18 of those quick story on Isaiah Hartenstein okay so you mentioned fantasy now I hate going down the path of I blame this guy for this happening but last season my fantasy league I was in the finals it was on the final day now it is my fault. This is all my fault because I did not set my roster properly on Saturday and Sunday, but it is because it was a lock to me. I had this down. I was going to win 700 bucks. It was lock. 
I tuned in. I was also working. It was a busy time. I'm not sure what was going on with the Raptors, but it was a busy weekend. And so I just tuned in at like eight o'clock on Sunday saying, oh, I wonder if I'm up like seven, two or six, three. It was five, four. And the only player available for him, I was done, was Isaiah Hartenstein. I'm like, okay, so I just need him not to go off. He went off in garbage time. He had like 12 points, 10 rebounds, and like two threes. And I lost all because of Isaiah Hartenstein. That's all I'm going to say. That is all I'm going to yeah, say about uh, him, but he is a, a good big. <laughs> I think there is more to his three-point shot than, than we've seen. He shot threes in college. He shot threes in the G League. He can do it. I think it was more the system that uh, the, the system asked him that he is more of a, uh, a DHO big, um, a drop big, um, not much of a rolling big, and he just didn't have a very big role in the offense. I think there's more there. Yeah. Um, first of all, I know you took full credit, but I still don't know how you chalk up a, a win for $700, like two days in advance. Like that's just mind blowing to me, especially when I'm someone who checks my fantasy app yeah. at least 12 times a day. Maybe I have a problem, but that also yeah. is a problem on your end. It was, it was, Hey, Hey, but yeah. it, it was seven, two, but also like, I would say this was like the 40 point lead of seven twos. It was really, really good, but I didn't set my roster. Probably it's my fault. Anyway, go ahead. Oh man. That's crazy. Especially for 700. Like I could see in a free league, just kind of letting it slide and not even oh, caring, wounds, but man. the wound is open now. Solid. It's open. I'm my soul is got to bounce back next year. Right. Yeah. yeah Maybe somebody will take a flyer on you as a, as a bounce back guy. Um, but no, I like Hartenstein. I think if they went center for some reason, this would be the guy to go for. And I don't even know if they would end up with him, but this would just be the guy that I would pursue if I were the Raptors and I were going after a center. And the drop, the drop big is an important part of today's NBA. I think we've collectively, um, you know, as basketball analysts, we've gone back and forth with the drop and big drop big. How important is it to NBA systems? But it's kind of like a release for your defense because playing so much switch can be really taxing. And this allows your big to be on the court longer. And if you have like, you know, some really good guards who come over the top on screens and guard that way, and you also have like a really positionally sound big. Drop coverage can be really, really effective. Look no further than the Milwaukee Bucks. They were a much better team when Brooke Lopez was on the court um, in the playoffs because of his ability, his his length, his size, and his ability to protect the protect the rim. So it does have a place still, and that's why Javale McGee, for instance, could be really interesting too. Running in transition, finishing mm-hmm. lobs, grabbing offensive boards. He's massive and he's athletic, and that's why he's had such a you know successful late end to his career. Is he has he's kind of harnessed that ability to be positionally sound at his size, and um, he's not a liability. Nine points, six rebounds, sixty-two percent from the field last season. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good for someone coming off the bench and playing like fourteen minutes. So he would be an yeah. interesting name, and Nick Clack. And like you said, I would anticipate that the Brooklyn Nets are going to bring him back in some capacity because they just can't get rid of him. He's too valuable. Um, Also, his free throw shooting is like really, really porous, like awful. And I I get kind of queasy about bringing in players who don't shoot free throws very well. That's just my thing on it. But he's also not going to have a huge role necessarily. But maybe the Raptors, you know, completely unsexy. Yeah, completely unsexy free throw shooting from from him. No question. But maybe the Raptors are able yeah. to help him with that. Who knows? And then on Mo Bamba, yeah, yeah it'd be terrific. 10.6 points, 8.1 rebounds per game, 38% from three. I mean, offensive rebounder, pick and pop big, drop defender. He's all of that. Yeah, he, long, he, tall, versatile. Yeah, like, man. I, just, I really like Bamba. I just see, yeah, I, I think as you mentioned before, I see Coloco in such the same light as him that 
Mm. I'd rather just go with the guy we drafted. I mean, maybe if Bomba's better, I'd rather go with Bomba. But I don't know. I just love the idea of drafting <laughs> yeah. these guys in the second round and developing them up. And yeah. I think that's why Coloco is such an interesting draft pick back to the drop coverage conversation mm. is because Toronto bought so heavy in on this 6-9 system that you know they yeah. could switch. No one is really a drop center. You'd hedge. But now Coloco gives them some real size as a defensive anchor to run a yeah. drop scheme. And that's why maybe if he isn't even fully ready or, or better than Birch or better than Achua, why we might see him get some minutes because he just gives the Raptors a level of versatility yeah. that they didn't really have last year. And the Raptors may wait a little bit to see how the market goes before they make a decision, because I think they want to see Coloco in summer league. They want to see how dominant he is. They yeah. want to see him against yeah. other NBA caliber talent to get a better idea. They don't know yet. Like they can say, like, and I think Bobby Webster alluded to this, to this too, is that they just don't know how it's going to translate yet. You know, they can project how they feel, you know, Coloco is going to proceed in, in his career and how effective he's going to be as a, uh, a center on the, on the level. And as a drop coverage guy, like the, the tools are definitely there. His offensive game mm-hmm. probably has a ways to go, although the jump shooting is certainly encouraging, but they're not going to rush him. That's for sure. And so if they feel that he is miles away or they think that, you know, if he said, if he spends a good portion of this year in the 905, he's going to get that much better then some of these names could become come into play. Um, but for now, I wouldn't be surprised if they sat on their hands a little bit, at least from the center side, because they want to see where things go with Coloco and also, you know, give Ken Birch a second here. I, I would say that too. I think they have a lot of faith in him and he was injured pretty much all season last year. And that early portion, similar to OG yeah. and Obi, both of those guys had their best stretch at the beginning of the year which is odd, but that's how it went for Kem Birch. And between Precious and Kem, and then also the Raptors is playing a very switchy defense. Do they need another center? Maybe not, but we'll see what goes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> they need another 6'9 guy. That's exactly. That's all she wrote for this podcast. Zach, anything you want to add in here? Nah, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I uh, I love talking Raptors, as you mentioned before, hosting the yeah. Raptors cage pod, uh, writing for Raptors HQ and yeah, social medias, other Zach Wilson, because there's a Zach Wilson in the NFL. So if I can kind of label and and uh, market myself as the other one, as long as he turns out really good, <laughs> I uh, I think it's a shoe in to stick. But if he kind of yeah. remains average to not so uh, great, I hate calling players bad, but if he remains in that range, then it might not stick as well. Another thing to watch during the offseason is if you change your Twitter yeah. name. <laughs> All right, Zach. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, man. Much appreciated. And everyone, we'll talk to you soon. And enjoy free agency. Let's see what happens. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 